How are you? You good? You good? Um, Did you have a good holiday? Yeah, good season. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I said Merry Christmas everywhere. I I said Merry everything. Merry birthday. They can't take Merry away from me. Merry New Year. Merry Hanukkah. Merry everything. (laughs) Megan told me that joke wouldn't work. Um, She was right. And she was wrong. Because it killed. Um, so, uh, so here's the thing. Usually, um, usually whenever I get up here uh, on Sunday morning, and when I say usually, I mean like pretty much every week of my life since I was 19, um, I, I come up here and I have notes, um, and, and you have some sort of sermon notes, right? Uh, did you get those today? No, they're not back there. Uh, they're on my kitchen counter. Um, and I left them there on purpose. Uh, so that's, that's happened before, you know, that they get left behind and you don't have, no, but never on purpose because last night um, I sat down with Megan and usually, this isn't usually a Saturday night thing, certainly not like a Saturday night at midnight thing, um, but we sat down and I kind of uh, talked through with her the message I was planning to share um, because she always has very helpful perspectives and, and, uh, and ideas to offer and jokes to throw in and stories to tell and all of these different things. And, and, uh, and we think very differently. We experience the world very differently. Anybody else in a relationship like that where you're kind of like, yeah, that, that's, uh, I live with the opposite of me. Um, if you didn't raise your hand right now, you're kind of weird, right? She's like, you just married yourself? You guys, you guys just, uh, <laughs> how do you decide who drives places? <laughs> how do you, if you're, if you're wired the same way, um, and, uh, and I shared it, and uh, she interrupted me a lot. Um, and then at the end of it, she kind of looked at me, and she said something that I don't think she's ever really said to me before um, about a message that I was planning on sharing. Uh, and I wrote it down because I wanted to get it right. I wrote it on my hand just so I can get this quote correctly. She said, um, that is uh, donkey doo-doo, and if you share that message tomorrow, you ain't no gangster, use a busta. I don't even know what half of that meant, um, but you could see it right there. She said it that way, and I, want, and I got her quoted right, um, and, uh, and this was, like I said, midnight, <laughs> approaching 1 a.m., and, uh, and we, we had a long conversation about it, and I said, well, uh, what do you suggest I do then? <laughs> and, and after a little while, after a little while of talking, she was just like, well, just, just preach that one, okay? Just do that message, but just do it better, um, and different. Um, so, so in other words, like, so not that one. Um, and, uh, and she was right about that, wrong about the joke, right about this though, uh, that there, there's a time and place for the, the thing that I was planning to share today. Um, and, and I will share it. We, we will get into it. But today, you know, kind of called for something else. And at the end of the day, everything that I just said is, is mostly a joke. Um, if you know me, you probably know that. Uh, th- there was nothing, I don't think, really that wrong with the message as much as we just got into this conversation and realized, like, there's something else um, to be said today, something specific and, and uh, important. And, you know, if you're, if you're joining us for the first time or for the first time in a while and you were expecting something um, specific out of this portion of the day, 
Um, I'm sorry about that. Uh, <laughs> we're going to take a slightly different approach. I do have a sermon title. Oliver, if you could show, if you could throw up the next slide, this is the title of today's sermon. Um, that's, uh, <laughs> that unpronounceable symbol uh, is where we're headed with things. And then the next slide, you can put up the, uh, the, the text in. If you happen to, to come up with something that you'd like to text in, we always sort of open up for questions. Um, we don't have question and answer, but we do question and response. And so if something that I share over the next couple of minutes sparks a question for you, even if it's just like, hey, could you clarify or could you also see it this way? Could we also um, experience it differently than that? Um, but if you'd like to join me, uh, I'm going to be in Romans chapter 8. It's not going to be on the screen. Uh, you're going to have to pull out a, uh, a real paper Bible or a, uh, a phone Bible. Which I'm not opposed to, you know, you got the phone thing, the iPad thing, uh, the glow on your face kind of Bible. I just, I would be concerned for if your battery runs out and you need a word from the Lord, what happens, you know? What do you do then uh, if, you, if you keep the charger? Yeah, that's true. That's true. Ooh, is that a metaphor? Are you preaching something over there? Um, keep that charger handy. Uh, I'm in Romans chapter 8, and, uh, and this, I imagine... Uh, is going to be brief, uh, <laughs> but is that okay? You got you got a whole decade of stuff to get ready for, uh, and so I just I want to offer this encouragement, and I'm being completely sincere when I say I don't yeah, I have like a prepared thing, um, and I hope that's okay. I hope that's it's all right to just show up sometimes and say, uh, you know, I am who God has created me to be, and I'm I'm trying to to listen to Him, and I'm trying to. Um, be near to his heart, and, uh, and, I, and I know this word well. Um, I've spent a lot of time in here, and, you know, as, as weird as it is for me, as uncomfortable as I feel, people ask this question all the time of, like, public speakers and, and, and performers and anything. It's like, do you get nervous? And the answer is, most of the time, no, unless I'm unprepared. Um, <laughs> and so today might be one of the first times that I've ever really uh, stood at Risen Church and been a little bit nervous. But let's just see what happens. Y'all up for that? Something exciting for the new year? Romans chapter 8. I'm going to start reading at verse around 24, I think. I can't see the numbers very well. We know that all creation has been... Oh, no, I'm going back further than that. Let's go to 18. All creation is waiting eagerly for the future day when God reveals who his children really are. Oh, and then if we went further back... Right, I'm going to piece this all together, okay? You have not received a spirit in 15 that makes you fearful slaves... Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba, Father, for his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. Isn't that beautiful? Can I just read this a little bit? Can I do that? And since we are his children, we are his heirs. We, we inherit what he has. We, we get what he gets. We, we get what he has made. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. 
If we are sharing his glory, we must also share in his suffering. And now we're back down to this. Yet if we suffer now, nothing is compared to the glory he will reveal to us later. When we face our difficulties now, when we face our pains now, when we experience the, the things that we don't think are fair to us and we don't think are right to us, and we experience those things, what the Apostle Paul would speak to the, Rome, the church of, of, of Rome um, and what he would speak, I believe, to us is, is, hey, the difficulty that you face, the suffering that you endure, the, it's nothing in comparison to the love that God has for you. It's nothing in comparison to the glory that he wants to pour out for you. It's nothing in comparison to the things that he has in store for you. Your suffering will, will pay off to an extent. All creation is waiting eagerly for that future day when God will reveal who his children really are. Against its will, all creation is, is subjected to God's curse, but with eager hope, the creation looks forward to the day when it will join with God's children in glorious freedom from death and decay. We know that all creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up into this present time, and we believers also groan even though we have the Holy Spirit within us as a foretaste of future glory. For we long to our bodies to be released from sin and suffering. We too, this is where I'm going to pause for just a moment, we too wait with eager hope for the day when God will give us our full rights as his adopted children, including the new bodies he has promised us. We were given this hope when we were saved. If we already have something, we don't need to hope for it. Does that make sense? You hear what he's saying there? It's like, we were given this hope when we were saved. If you already had it, then you didn't, it, you just, there's nothing to hope for, right? There's no, there's no need for salvation. There's no need for God to intervene. There's no need for God to show up. There's no need for us to experience him. But, but Paul says, we were given this hope when we were saved. But if we look forward to something we don't yet have, we must pay, wait patiently and confidently. The conversation that, that Megan and I had, and I'm going to turn to another place here in just a moment to close out with a thought. The conversation that we had last night took us to one specific idea that I just thought resonated so well with, with that passage and and there's so much happening anytime you read the Bible. And, if, and when you try this, I know how frustrating it can be. And I know how difficult it can be to understand what's actually going on there. And I know there's things that Paul speaks to that are in a context that we don't totally get. And there's words that he uses and phrases. And, and Romans chapter 8 is a particular passage of Scripture where he is kind of all over the place. Uh, is that okay for me to say? Like he's just, he speaks to so many levels of things. And it's like, what are you, ta are you talking about? Something on the surface there? Or are you talking about something much deeper? Are you talking about something practical or something spiritual? And Paul's answer is like, maybe. Like Paul is just kind of a messenger of God, like just kind of saying, yeah, yeah, all of that. But he does seem to be highlighting something um, that, uh, that Megan shared with me. And I hope it's okay that I kind of share this because this isn't really her so much. Um, she even prefaced it before she said she was like, Drew, you know, this isn't really me. I'm like, yeah, I know you pretty well. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that she had been praying for Risen Church and praying for this year and praying for this decade and praying for this season that we're stepping into and, 
and what's changing and what's happening. And, and she said she just kept feeling like God was putting a word kind of on her heart. Like, like she just kept hearing that God was saying something that, that we all needed to step into and we all needed to experience. And I think it's what Paul is saying here too. And I think it's something that, that we all sort of long to be true and, and sort of believe to be true. And she said, the word that keeps coming up for me is expectancy. An expectancy. So she felt like God was really speaking and, and not in, you know, I, I don't know that, do you, do you feel like God was speaking audibly? Like, does God just say expectancy? No. Um, so some people, you know, hear that voice like that. I, I've never heard the voice of God audibly like that, and, and Megan hasn't either, but she says it just feels like that word keeps coming up for her over and over and over again, and, and when you hear Paul say this, and you think expectancy, you think, like, that God is trying to say, like, why, hey, why don't you expect big things from me? Why don't you expect good things from me? Why, why aren't you expecting tomorrow to be better than yesterday? Why aren't you expecting to be... To this year to be better than last year? Why aren't you expecting this decade to be better than the decade before? I mean, the people of the risen Jesus are really the only people who have that right and have that opportunity to do that. For everybody else, it's kind of like every year isn't really better than the one before. Is it? I mean, for I'm 33 now. <laughs> I am not as limber and agile and alive as I once was. I got three kids in the house, and they're great, but they're a lot. We are so much people, and it's draining, and it is, it, there, there's so much, like, only the church of the risen Jesus, only the people of, risen, of the risen Jesus really can have, we, only we have this right to, to live in expectancy, to live with a, I, I think the future is better than the past, and the past could be great. It could be awful, or it could be great. It could be just fine. It could be what. But God is this God who keeps saying, expect. Expect. What do I want from you? I want you to expect things from me. I want you coming to me in prayer, asking me to do things on your behalf and then expecting me to actually do them. I want you coming to me in relationship, in personal conversation, and, and asking me to change your life and give you a better life, and then expecting me to change something or to reveal something to you that maybe needs changed. And as you see the banner in the back of the room, are you helping everything spelled correctly? I had 12 people check those two words. <laughs> as we step into this next season of things and, and a, a question that you're going to hear me asking a lot is like, do you want your life to get better? And, and most, I, I would think, and most of us would say, like, yeah, I want my life to be better. Do you want your future to be better than your past? Do you want this decade to be better than the decade before? Do you want this year to be better than the year before? Do you want today to be better than yesterday? And all of us are going to say, yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm going to say, are you helping are you helping that to happen? Like you want that to happen? You want your life to be better? Guess what has to happen if your life's going to be better? You got to change. Like nothing gets better without change. Think about what it actually means for it to get better. It means it's going to change. 
Like, which means that change is necessary, but I want us making change with expectancy. Is this kind of connecting? I have no idea. I don't have any notes. I don't have anything to go by. I, this guy up here, that's all I got. Is, this, is it connecting, though? Are we seeing, like, as we step into a new season, as we step into this new thing as Risen Church, and if we start asking ourselves, like, are you helping? I'm asking myself in the mirror, like, Drew, are you helping? You want it to be better. Are you helping it? Are you helping it to be better? Like you want your family life to be better. You want your relationships to be better. You want your job to be Are you helping it? Are you expecting it to get better? Because expect, expectation would require some action on your part, would require some, some friction. When Paul says we were given this hope, we don't look for, forward to something that we don't yet have. When we look forward to something we don't yet have, we wait for it patiently, confidently. The Holy Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. And then there's this, this incredible thing, because one of the things that our conversation went to, I'm going to close on an idea for you. That she said, expectancy keeps coming up. This, this is what I keep hearing. And then, and then you added something else to the conversation. That, um, she could speak for herself, by the way. She just doesn't really like to. That's how this works, mostly. Do you want to say it? And I'll just say it. Uh, I'm going to relay it for <laughs> And she said, I, I do expect it. I do expect God to do good things in our family, in our life, in my personal life. I do expect good things for Risen Church. But I don't know. I don't even know what to ask for. You ever been there? Anybody else is kind of like, all right, Drew, yeah, yeah, what are we going to do? I want to, how can I help? Like, what am I going to do to help? Like, how can I help my situations? Like, I'm, I joined a gym. Uh, I started a diet. Like, I don't know what else is there. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with both of those things until at least February this year. Uh, what, what else is there? Like, how do I pray? I don't even know what to ask for. I don't even know what to pray for. And, uh, and Paul actually says, as you're waiting patiently and confidently, this is literally the next verse of Scripture, whenever it feels like Paul's jumping all over the place. He says, the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, for example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for. <laughs> when we don't know what God wants us to pray for, the Holy Spirit prays for us. With, with groanings, he says, that cannot be expressed in words. That God actually partners with us to such a degree that he would even say, expect good things, expect great things. Dream. You know, make a list. Come up with some stuff that you want to see happen. And then also leave some gaps in that list and leave some space in there where, where you don't exactly know what you want and you don't exactly know what is best for you and you don't exactly know what... What could lie ahead for you? And I'm going to help you pray for what you need to pray for there. I honestly think that this groanings thing, and there's a lot to be said about it. And, but I almost wonder if that's exactly what my wife had experienced and what she was able to share with me in this moment was, I don't know what to pray for. God, I know you're good. I know you have. And that the Holy Spirit would actually show up and, and speak it for her, actually say, yeah, expect. Tell everybody to expect. Why don't you go tell that, that group of people that, that, that call you pastor, that call you whatever, Drew, call you Megan, that call you friend. Why don't you go tell them to expect? 
and, uh, and then shrug your shoulders. And say, I don't, know, I don't know exactly what this means, but, I, but man, I know it's good. Well, let me read this to you, and we'll, we'll get out of here by 11.01, first Sunday of the year. Don't get used to it, though. Next week, two hours. <laughs> As a prophet... named Elijah. This is a really familiar passage of scripture, but just getting back to this expectancy, this, this idea of, of a, a prayerful experience of life, uh, a, a life that's, that's lived expecting God to show up at any given moment, expecting God to come through at any given moment, expecting God to maybe want to speak something to you at any given moment. I think there's a, a great depiction of something we could learn from here and if you'd like to read this um, yourself this week it's uh, 1 Kings chapter 18 19 <laughs> can you tell how, how when's the last time I stood up here and held a book and actually just talked from the book I write them on the notes and then there's no other words this has so many words that I'm not going to read there's only a couple of words in all of this that I'm actually going to read oh boy 1 Kings chapter 19. The Lord said to Elijah, What are you doing here, Elijah? It's verse 9, verse 10. Elijah replied, I have zealously served the Lord God Almighty. Have you ever felt that way as a Christian? Have you ever felt like, like I'm, I'm giving this all I've got, God? And, it, and it's seasonal, isn't it? I mean, we all have seasons where just kind of like, man, I gave it all I had. I did everything that I could for the kingdom of God. I, I, I gave um, financially. I tithed. I gave above my tithe. I, I gave my time. I served in the nursery. I served on the praise team. I greeted people. I went out of my way to, to, to help people in need. I went and raked leaves for people at Carver Elementary School. I did, I, I've gone out of my way. I've zealously served the Lord God Almighty, but the people of Israel have broken their covenant with you. He's a prophet. Elijah's job is, is to try to align people with the heart of God. He's, his job is to stand in front of people and say, hey, this is what God's trying to say to us. The people of Israel have broken their covenant with you. They've torn down your altars. They've killed every one of your prophets. I'm the only one left, and they're trying to kill me too. What a place to be in. And, and maybe, you, maybe you feel something like that where you're just kind of like, uh, Am I next? Like, I see a lot of suffering. I see a lot of difficulty. I see a lot of people facing. Am I next? This past decade wasn't so great to me. Is the next one going to be better? Like, am I? I lost people I loved. People walked out of my life. People that I thought were one thing became something else. Is that about to happen to me? Is, am I next? And this is what God speaks to Elijah, and it's what I want to share with you as, as a way of leaving and challenge you this week. Go out and stand before me on the mountain, the Lord told him. And as Elijah stood there, stood, God's, do you hear God's response there? It's like, go over there and stand. <laughs> it's like, God, don't you see that I'm suffering? Don't you see that I'm scared? Don't you see that things aren't going? And God says, yeah, go get away from it all. Go stand somewhere else. 
Like everybody in the city is trying to kill me. Well, get out of the city. Go stand on the mountain. Go, go over there. Go somewhere else. And it says that as he went and stood there, that God passed by him. The Lord passed by. And a mighty windstorm hit the mountain. More chaos, right? More craziness. It was like I left the city because I thought I was going to die there. And I go up on the mountain where God told me to go. And then there's a windstorm. It was such a terrible blast that rocks were torn loose. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake. God, what are you doing? I was scared in the city, and you told me to go to the mountain. I thought maybe it would be safer here. And you get up here, and there's a windstorm. It almost knocks me off, and there's rocks flying around. And now there's an earthquake. And after the earthquake, there was a fire. The Lord was not in the fire, and the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the fire, there was the sound of a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak and went out and stood at the entrance of a cave. Many translations read, a still small voice came in this. And we've heard these, these three things happen, right? There's this windstorm, and God's not in that. It wasn't in the windstorm. And there's an earthquake. And it's like, well, God wasn't in the earthquake. And there's a fire, and God wasn't in the fire. These big, massive things, these huge, life-altering, these, these big. And then there's God, who actually shows up in this still, small voice. Um, you could actually translate, and I, I, did, I did look into this um, little word study thing last night, and you could you could just as easily translate what is said there as a, the sound of silence. <laughs> that God was in the sound of silence. There's also a word there that could be translated um, as uh, frivolity or, or frivolousness or playfulness. Like that, that there, there's... In the Hebrew language, the words are just so packed with meanings and they can go so many different directions. But there was this thing that Elijah was not sure what to do. Turned to God, not sure what was next. Felt like he had heard from God. Felt like he represented heaven. Felt like he represented God to people. And, and he goes to God and he says, I don't, I don't know what to do next. I don't know what you, what you want from me. And God says, well, go stand on the mountain. And as he goes up there, God shows up, but he doesn't show up in the ways that Elijah would have expected, that any of us would have expected, right? If God says, I have something to say to you, and then there's a huge wind and stuff's flying everywhere, and you're like, well, there's God. There's an earthquake, and you're like, that's got to be it. There's a fire. The profound thing to me about that and what I wanted to share with you and what I hope you accept is some sort of challenge for this week as you, as you go and whatever your resolutions are, great. I hope you do them. I really do. I hope you, you stick with whatever your plans are for the, the year ahead, the decade ahead. I really do and I want to I help you, you know? If you, want, if you want to tell me what they are and I'll, I'll stick with you. I'll tell you what mine are too and maybe we can help each other. But the thing that I would hope that you would see from that is God not being in this windstorm, you know, is kind of, it's kind of an awesome thing to happen because I can't generate a windstorm. Can you? 
Like, I can't make a windstorm happen. So if God's presence is somehow, like, tied into a windstorm, it's like, well, then I, I don't know how to access it. I can't, I can't get to it. If God's presence is somehow in an earthquake or a fire, it's like, well, I, don't, I can't just cause fire. I've got to have a lighter for that. I can't make an earthquake happen. Um, although our house is a little shaky, and if you go into one room of the house in particular and stomp around, it does sound like an earthquake everywhere else in the house. Um, but I can't make that happen. But, but you know what I can make happen? You know what I can? I, I can make silence happen in my life. I can make space for a still, small voice to speak to me. I can work into my schedule some time where there are no windstorms and there are no phone calls and there is no text messages and there is no social media and there, there is no uh, TV screen. I can fit that in. And it would appear that the God of Elijah and the God of the Apostle Paul and the God who comes to us in the person of Jesus would indicate that's where you'll find me anyways. If you'll go into those spaces, you'll find that time alone. You'll find that time to expect me to speak to you. Expect me to show up on your behalf. Expect me to direct you. You'll find me in that. Would you accept a challenge like that? To step into this next week and say, I can't make any earthquakes happen, Drew. I can't make any, I can't make any fires appear out of nowhere. I can't. But I could make some silence. I could make some time. Well, what am I going to hear from God in that? I don't know. You know, that's the, that's the thing. That's the title of the sermon right there is like, what, what does God want me to expect? It was like, well, he wants you to expect him. He wants you to expect that, that if you were to do that, if you were to go to him, that, that he would be there. That if you would seek him, that he would be found. That if you would open your ears, that you might actually hear from him. If you would open your eyes, you might actually see something. That he might actually have something that he wants to speak to you that, that he doesn't want to speak through me. And I'm cool with that. Does that make sense? That, that you expect it from, from me sometimes. You're like, yeah, I go so that the preacher can tell me what God wants to say to me. And, and here's what the preacher's saying today. God's saying he wants to talk to you directly. God's saying he wants you to expect to hear from him. But you've got to make some space for it. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, God, thank you for your, your presence in this space today. Thank you for your, your grace. God, just for this, this love that we've all experienced today. And I pray that we would be drawn into your presence this week. That we would be expectant to find you in, in those quiet places. And I'm not talking about the same kind of religious discipline kind of thing that we, we've all gotten pulled into before, where it's like, well, I've got to start my day with my, my Bible reading and my prayer, or God will be mad at me. But, but actually, an invitation from you to say, I, I actually I have something for you if you'll, 
if you'll silence yourself, if you'll find the space to let us speak to each other, to hear from me and, and, and to share your heart with me and to share your desires with me. God, draw us into it. Protect us this week. God, let us just walk in your, in your blessing and, and, and in your care. I pray that you would use us to, to lift each other up this week if needed. Those times whenever you actually do use us to, to serve each other. I pray that you would put it on people's hearts in this room and, and not in this room that are risen church that, that they would just hear from you and sometimes, hey, you need to text somebody. You, you need to, I need you to call somebody for me. I need you to reach out that, that you would actually do that, that you would, you would be speaking to and, and meeting our needs with each other. God, I think that's what communion is supposed to be. So use us for that, God. We love you. We give you praise and glory. Amen.